0: Hey there, this is Christian Hansen, and you've reached the Monetization Matrix, episode two, number two. Well, welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, Today, the topic du jour is a fascinating one. It is the Goldilocks of payments. So where do you start with payments? How do you start? And and where do you go once you start accepting payments um, as your business grows? Um, a lot of people are always kind of, you know, this is just like me starting podcasting. Where do I start? You know, the question is like, oh, what what software should I use? And uh, what microphone should I have? And blah, blah, blah. What software? This, that. I feel kind of like you get into some sort of decision paralysis around payments when you're first starting out. So this episode is for folks that, I mean, you could be in the start, like, hey, we're about to launch something. What do we do? Or you could be a little bit further along in the process and you could be starting to think like, hey, we have, we're have, we taking payments. We're good to go. But we want to get better. So let's start at the basics. In order to take payments, you need to first of all be some sort of a business. However, you know that 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 presupposes you have like an EIN um, and some sort of bank account. But you could even start as a solopreneur uh, as as yourself if you're not even that far along as an entrepreneur. Um, but let's presuppose that you are a. Um, young company. And let's say you have one product, maybe it's MC hammer pants. You're selling MC hammer pants. Um, obviously there are a lot of platforms out there now, like eBay or Etsy or Shopify that are pretty plug and plug and I can't talk plug and play. And they will do the payments for you. Like you don't even need to think about it. Um, And all you need to do really is connect with them and have a pulse and be over 18 years old. And, um, you know, if you're U S based, then, you know, have a social security number and it's pretty easy to sign up for any of these sites and to start taking payments, uh, in, in less than a day. Um, but it will increase in complexity a little bit if you've decided like, Hey, You know, I think that those are great, but, you know, I want it for me. So maybe you're looking at like some sort of like, I don't know, WordPress template of some sorts. WordPress, Uh, maybe, you know, I'll also throw Squarespace into that Shopify bucket. Um, But maybe you've decided that, you know, you're going to invest a little bit of money. You're going to build out your own website and you want to take payments on your website or you want to take payments in your store. Okay. Your, your retail, right? So this is where, you know, the squares, the stripes of the world, the brain trees, clover, this is where kind of like, you're going to dip your toes in and you're going to be making that first decision around, Hey, this is, this is going to be my payment provider. This is my gateway. And I'm just going to say like, you know, depending on your your technical acumen, they they they're all pretty easy to set up. Like you do not need to be an engineer. Engineering is helpful, but you don't need to have a PhD to use any of these. And if you're starting in, and I'll say this: if you're starting in one country, and we'll use the U.S. as an example, um, and you're going to be pricing everything in USD, then the bits and pieces that you're going to have to worry about are one, how do I take payments? How do I collect taxes? And hopefully you are collecting taxes. And if you're not, you know, I think that, you know, that's kind of like one step 1.2, like because as you grow your business and as you start to collect a lot of fees and depending on where it is that you're working and what kind of products and services that you're selling, that will be something that you're going to have to consider, but we'll get to taxes a little bit later in this conversation. But you're going to have to start to think about, you know, which one of these um, is best for me? What's the complexity to the types of products that I want to sell? Do I need to have a vendor that supports upgrades and downgrades and bundles and discounts and um, coupons? Do I need to support free trials if that's such a thing? If you're selling MC Hammer Pants, you probably don't have free trials of your MC Hammer Pants but you might have discounts like buy one, get one free, or you might need to have one of these uh, providers give you the functionality to give, uh, you know, redemption discounts, like first 50 people get $10 off their order. Um, A lot of these things are just out of the box um, software nowadays. So as long as you're able to hook your website up to, a stripe or a brain tree, a square, a clover. And, you know, I'm not going to be exhaustive in trying to say which one is better than the other. And I think from a pricing perspective, especially if you're doing low volumes and when I say low volumes, I mean less than a million dollars. I don't think that there's going to be too many drastic changes in how much you're going to be paying for one versus the other. Um, I haven't run an RFP on any of these companies lately. So I, I could be completely off base there, but I think, you know, the core functionality that they all provide is solid. It will work for you as a small business. Um, There are obviously differences in how these companies operate, um, but they will support you. And I think that this kind of, um, you know, is like a great starting point is don't be too worried be a little worried. I mean, you, you you need to be worried about like PCI compliance, but these these vendors have it covered. Like that's, that's the name of the game. Um, keep your customers' data secure. And that's what they're very good at doing. And they're good at processing. Like that's also really great at what they do. Um, but you're going to, you know, maybe get to the point where you... Um, Need to start to collect taxes. So luckily, you know, there are services built into a lot of these now that will take the billing address, shipping information, and they can calculate the taxes for you. They could potentially even remit the taxes on your behalf. And there are tax engines out there like Avalara, like Vertex, and you can plug these in if you if you want to be responsible for that. Again, this is like you're going from I'm a scrappy startup and I don't really know that much about payments to all of a sudden now you're worried about taxes, which you should always be worried about taxes because the IRS wants your money. Don't mess with that. So always be on board. Talk to your CPA. I'm not a CPA. Obviously, this is more like, rudimentary advice but you know always talk to your lawyer talk to your cpa talk to your finance people and be mindful of all that as you're going through this growth of your company and as you go from selling mc hammer pants to uh i don't know maybe subscriptions for mc hammer pants maybe it's mc hammer pants in a box monthly and so that's kind of i think where it starts to get more interesting right? Is it's one thing if you're just selling in one country. It's it's one thing if you only have like one product or one service that you're selling. But then as you you know start to think about well, I want to sell MC Hammer pants in Canada, and I want to sell MC Hammer pants in France or Germany, well, or I don't know Mexico, Uruguay. So now you're starting to think in a broader sense. Does my payment processor are they able to support right, international growth for my right, MC Hammer Pants business? Um, and if you start to add more complexity to that in terms of, I want to now um, turn this into a subscription service, then now you need to make sure that whichever billing payment provider you are working with is able to support that because you could very quickly get into a situation where you're not optimized to be taking cross-border payments. You might not be fulfilling the terms and conditions, rules of those countries that you're choosing to operate in. So now you've added complexity. So does your stripe, your brain tree, your square Do those have the capabilities that you need in those countries in order to uh, fulfill the growth of your thriving MC Hammer Pants company? So I think I'll pause for a second and say, you know, this is probably like a good juncture for you to start thinking about like, what is my international growth? Is there international growth? And I think we'll come back, we'll come back to the whole subscription aspect of this and we'll just straight away just say you're you're selling MC Hammer Pants and you want to sell them in more places, which is a good problem to have. I mean, I think the complexity that I'm talking about, complexity is because you have a problem, but the problem is that your company is growing and you're trying to meet the needs of your customers, which is a great, great problem to have. And it kind of is, is, what supercharges and energizes me is thinking through all these because they're problems I've had to deal with at some of the companies that I've worked with, with in the past. And there's a lot of different ways to tackle these. You could do, for instance, your your growth could be, hey, we're starting in the US. We're going to go to Canada. Canada's pretty close. Like if you're shipping goods, it's not going to be that expensive to ship to Canada. But would you go as your second country outside of the U.S. to Japan? I mean, maybe maybe you would. Um, but now your website needs to support Japanese. Do you have someone on staff that can do translation services for you? Um, does your payment gateway support Japanese local currencies? Well, local, local currency, but I mean local payment methods. Um, and do you understand what the rules and regulations are for doing business in Japan? Or are you just going to ship stuff to Japan and tell Japanese customers, Hey, come to my website in America and we'll just ship it to you. So, you know, there are MVP hacks that you can do, but, and and maybe that's your growth strategy is like, Hey, we're just going to like do some ads in Japan and we're just going to see, Hey, Do people want to buy our stuff and are they willing to have us ship it from the U S to Japan? So like, you're not even worried about having a depot over there. You're not worried about creating a business entity over there. You're not worried about import export and taxes and fees associated with that or any of the rules and regulations. You're just straight up shipping a box to Japan. And you know, that could be your, your, your international growth route. But like realistically, I don't think that most businesses are going to go straight to Japan. Some of them will, but not, not all of them. And I think that if you start to say like, we'll start with USD and maybe we'll go to Canada. So now we need to, to support two currencies. Now you've got to start to think about, well, well, Quebec, they have some pretty crazy rules. Like they have like, I think it's QST Quebec sales tax and, know, they have rules around um, accessibility for uh, French language. So, you know, are you going to get in trouble there or are you going to do what you could have done for Japan, which is just kind of buy up ads for Canadian users, direct them to your U.S.-based site, have them pay in USD and then ship your goods cross-border, which is totally doable and nothing wrong with that approach. Or... Have you decided, hey, we have enough sales happening in Canada that we want to localize our website into French Canadian and um, do whatever else you feel is necessary to make it more Canadian friendly. And we really need to have Canada locked down. So we need to make sure that our payment gateway can support Canada and all right, great. So now you're, you're invested in Canada. Um, You could still do that with Stripe and Braintree. You're fine. Like these guys as businesses do multi-currency where you might get into trouble if you're selling MC Hammer pants is, you know, depending on your volume, I'm sure if you're just selling a couple here and there, you'll be fine, but you'll probably want some sort of like, OMS order management system tracking Narvar, et cetera. So you're going to have to have that build versus buy discussion with yourself as you're growing. Like, hey, we decided to, to go do our own gateway, but we could have just done this with Shopify or Squarespace, and like we wouldn't have all this complexity that we're worried about, and uh, we're just going to let them deal with this. So I think like that's also something like as you're going down this journey about like what is the right payments path, uh, for your company. Like, where do you see your company growing? Like, what is your trajectory? And you might not know. And, and, um, and again, like these are good problems to have. Like you might find all of a sudden that you have growth happening in unexpected places and that will push your business in a new direction. So as you're trying to monetize your growth, you're going to have to make sure that you have the right services, platform capabilities in place, to fuel that growth. And, you know, now we'll go, we'll go even more cross border. Um, I don't think you're going to have too many problems going North to Canada, but if you're taking your, your business down to, let's say Latin America, um, you could face some headwinds because if you're taking payments from a customer and the customer lives in Latin America and their bank sees that your payment company in the United States is trying to access funds from their customers down in South America, they might be like why is why is my my user in Argentina trying to make a payment to the United States? And due to the complexities of how many folks are involved in making a payment successful, you're going to run into some trouble. I've seen it happen multiple times. And that payment has a high likelihood of being rejected by the issuer of that bank card in Argentina. Because they're going to say, we don't know this bank. We don't know, we don't know Stripe very well. We don't know Braintree. They will know local uh, payment processors like D local um, e banks. They're gonna know these guys because these guys are have local, local-based domic- domiciled businesses in country. And so if you start to get into this complexity of growing your business outside of America, you're gonna start to see your authorization rates plummet in some of these countries because cross-border payments are not as successful as domestic payments so payments happening from one US user to one US bank to one US-based gateway um, you've also got to consider that there's going to be different fraud and risk rules that are going to be run on all these cross-border payments that there is there are still, fraud and risk rules happening here in the United States for inter U uh, S domestic payments. But, um, there's a whole new host of them when you're looking at it from like an international perspective. So this is where I would advise or think about if I was talking to your company about, Hey, if your MC hammer pants company is growing, like so quickly like you guys need some crazy sequoia capital money to grow your e-commerce business like this is where i would say from a payments perspective that you should be thinking about getting a local acquirer and and that's not just latam but that's apac that's that's emea or Mia. Uh, Europe, Middle East, Asia. Um, That's Africa. And you should be thinking about how can I make it easier for my customers in these countries to purchase my goods? Um, Not even talking about, you know, shipping these all around the world, your MC Hammer pants. I don't know why I'm obsessed with MC Hammer pants right now. I was at the rock climbing gym last night and there was a guy in a really sweet pair of of MC Hammer Pants. And I think that that's why my use case today is MC Hammer Pants. And when I was a kid, we used to go to uh, a flea market where they'd sell MC Hammer Pants. So I'm a little nostalgic right now. The, the, the 40-something me is thinking back to eight-year-old me in the late 80s <laughs> in um, Marin City. Um, on the weekends where my mom would take me. So anyway, back to cross-border payments. Cross-border payments can really screw you. You've got to be curious about that, be paying attention. I think that this goes all the way back to, you know, whoever it is that you're choosing to go with, think a lot about what kind of dashboards do they provide for you and think about the metrics that you're going to be tracking to make sure that you have a successful business. Because if you get a hundred people to come to your site and um, you get 50% of them to go into your checkout and then 25 of those 50 actually try to make a payment and then out of those 25, half of them fail for some sort of rejection reason code. Like what are those rejection reason codes? Why are they being rejected? Are you getting granularity there? Do you have access to someone? Um, at your processor that can explain in layman's terms why these transactions are failing. So, you know, I think you're going to want to understand that for domestic, but you're definitely going to want to have a lot more help when you're looking at that from an international perspective, because it could start to become very nebulous. It's just payments aren't working. I don't know why. Or fraud is happening. I don't know why. And this is where partnering with someone that is decent or excellent in data analysis, in reading through financial statements, reading through rejection codes, looking for trends like, hey, are a lot of Visa cards being rejected? Oh, no, it's Amex cards or it is debit cards or it is this very specific bin range of cards coming from this one company. Um, that's where this this becomes important because as you're trying to grow your business and sell okay. hundreds of thousands of pairs of beautiful MC Hammer pants, you're going to want to make sure that one, that your transactions are legit, that, that they're not fraudulent, that you're not facing chargebacks from users using stolen cards, that you're not being card tested. I think that this also goes back to your evaluation from the very beginning of this conversation around who you're going to be working with because your payment processor is your partner. They're your partner in this. Like you do not grow without them and you live and die by your sales as a company, whether or not you're a small business or a large business. Um, So as I was mentioning, you know, you have this like starter aspect and then you can go to this multi-processor like when i was at um one of my previous companies i actually built a payment router where what we did was we looked for the country that the customer was in and we had different payment um providers that we were using in specific countries because i was able to basically optimize the payments experience based on country and align those customers with the correct gateway for their country. So that way we could kind of move away from the cross border. And this also kind of gets into the whole, like, well, how specific should you be like at crunchy roll? I don't know exactly what we're at, right. What they are at I haven't been there for a couple of years, but I think we are at something like 20 plus currencies that we supported. And we added um, a lot of those while I was there. Um, and that was because, you know, as you're looking for authorizations to go up so you can make more sales, you know, you need to be thinking about, well, what are the customers in the countries that I'm selling in? And this is if you're doing a cross, you know, a multi processor or you you're working with a gateway that supports multi-currency, like what exactly is it that my customers in those countries are expecting in their experience? Like if I'm, an English customer trying to buy MC hammer pants. Do I want to be shown USD or would I prefer GBP? Like, do I intuitively as a, you know, American know how much things cost in, in Britain? No, I'd have to go look at a currency exchange. Um, do I know how much things cost in euros? I think it's around one-to-one, but I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to go look that up. But if I presented it in the local currency and I said, "Hey, this is like, you know, my MC Hammer pants are 30 pounds," and if 30 pounds was a good price for MC Hammer pants, maybe that would work out really great. And I think that the same goes for like the euro or Canadian or the peso or um whatever currency and country, you know, name it above, that you want to be doing business in. So, you know, always be thinking through that because this, again, adds to the complexity of your payments uh, overhead. Like payments orchestration and payments overhead, I think that these are under talked about terms because like not a lot of people have to use them. But as your business grows and as that complexity gets bigger and bigger, like you've got to start to manage product catalogs. It could be the same MC Hammer pants, but you could be selling them at very different price points in every single country based on the margins that you're looking to get. Um, And even if we take away my terrible MC Hammer pants example, we could pivot that over to a digital product or a digital service. Widget A. I don't know what widget A is, but Widget A could cost $10 in the United States, but you know that customers don't want to pay $10 in certain countries because $10 is a lot of money for something on a monthly basis. And so you need to price it accordingly. So again, you could have variants of Widget A, and you could have that in a lot of different price ranges. And as you start to think about the complexity of it, you could start to factor in if you're doing digital services. So. Yeah, you could be selling on web, you could be doing multi-router, but you could also be selling things online through app stores. So are you selling on Apple? Are you selling on Google? So you could you could run into a situation where you have pricing for your your service and you could be selling it online on your web D2C format on your fantastic built website, and it costs $8 on your website. It costs, now you got to make sure it costs $8 over on Apple and it costs $8 over on Google because that's where your customers are. And you want to make sure that wherever they are, that they have a, the option to purchase from you. And you've got to start to think about grandfathering. <laughs> so does, how do you how do you figure that out? And how do you create a communication plan to your customers? So you can see that as your business grows and as it matures, you've got to be thinking, like, how in lockstep are, um, am I with my PIM processor? How robust are they? And you've also really got to think, like, is this really a, a direction that I want to take my business. And hopefully the answer is pretty simple. Like, yes, because there's this unmet need and I want to serve the needs of my customer. Um, or you could keep it super simple. I mean, there's so many, so many businesses. I'm sure that there's millions of them in the United States that don't sell anything outside of the United States. And they're all doing great. And I'm sure that there's millions of folks in the United States right now in February of 2024 who are small businesses, solopreneurs or entrepreneur types selling stuff locally or if they're selling them at farmers markets or they're I don't know whatever. And USD is perfect. And all they need is just a little Square reader. They just need to swipe your card um and that's it. And I mean I think like the question that you've got to start to ask yourself is like, how do I want to get started? I would recommend just start simple. Always start simple. And as you start to get this complexity in your business, build on it. And as you start to learn where your customers are, build on it. And start to understand what's working. Start to understand what's not working. And start to get into the analytics. And I'm sure that there's a lot more I could go on, but... Or today, I think that that is the Goldilocks of payments is find where you fit in, find out where you can start, build out the complexity and partner with folks that can help you grow your business as your business grows. Don't get stuck in decision paralysis and ask others for help. Um, There's a lot of resources out there. Around payments, around subscriptions, around building your business, about going international, um, about accepting multiple currencies, about making sure that you're legit, making sure your taxes are done correctly. Um, So ask professionals, ask other business owners, ask other folks in your industry, in your space. And I think you'll find that a lot of people would like to help however they can. Again, this is Christian Hansen. This is the monetization matrix. And check me out. Shoot me an email, christian at paymentsforpayments.com. Would love to hear any questions, comments, feedback. And I hope you have a great day and that you guys continue to listen. Please share this with friends, colleagues, uh, co-workers. I guess that's a colleague. And have a great day.